0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What up, Sea of Red? You're listening to Into the Flames, a Calgary Flames fan podcast. Your home for all things Flames and updates around the NHL. With your hosts, Raja Burry and Noah Eppleston. Into the Flames, new episodes every Sunday.
1: So did you see the athletics front office survey where we're ranked? No, I didn't.
0: Oh, wait. Yes, I did. Yes, I did.
1: Yes, I did. (laughs) So fan confidence, right? Last year, just put it in perspective, we were 15th, I believe, in that list. We're ranked 31st this year. The New York Islanders are the only fan base with lower confidence in the front office than our market. So we didn't hear your thoughts all summer. On what's been going on, you have the floor. You can just rant, and I'll I'll sit and watch.
0: Yeah. So, uh, like a big part of that, um, obviously, you can't put all that blame on Conroy. Like Brad left him here handcuffed with no cap space, not a lot to do. Um, and I really was not a big fan of the moves that the Flames um, have so far made this offseason, The very few that they've made. For one, when the Sharon Govich trade broke, um, I kind of shook my head for a little bit. I didn't even want to think about it. I didn't even really want to have it become a reality um, because I loved Tofoli as a flame. And I was so excited when we acquired him. I loved him, the way he represented the team, what he did for this team. Um, so for a couple, a couple months, I kind of stepped back from that, especially after the NHL entry draft as well because I had my eyes on a couple players who were taken after Samuel Hanzek that I thought would work out a little better. Flames decided to go in a different direction and I was just kind of fed up. We're, we're left with no cap space. we've had to trade away to Foley who was our best player last year probably and we were just left handcuffed and I didn't want to think about hockey. I wanted to focus on my summer I was working a lot I just, backed away from it all and I think a lot of Flames fans have kind of done the same thing even though it's not the right thing to do and it's not what I should be doing I know that but um guys like Colby Barlow that was the big guy that I really wanted the Flames to go and get in this draft I thought he's a lot more strong on the puck better goal scorer better release just stuff like that but over the last couple weeks I've been trying to get back into the Flames news and I've been watching over Hansak's draft highlights And there is a couple things that he's very solid at and puck control is one of them. Um, He does tend to turn the puck over a lot, but when he's on the puck and he's got his feet moving and he's not trying to make a quick pass or a forced pass, he is so strong in that puck and he can weave in and out of defenders. His skating is great. I really do like his skating. And he's also got the awareness to pass the puck around, which I think is going to be huge for a power play situation and whatnot. And he's kind of growing on me a little bit, big body, Big guy. It's what the Flames like. Big downside to him is his defensive zone play. Um, You would like to see in a bigger guy that he would be a little stronger on the puck in the D zone, a little smarter with where he's playing. I watched a couple highlights where he just got torched in his own end. Um, Most of them were against the Kamloops Blazers, which are they were very good last year. So I'll give them that. But um, no, I, I think he's got a lot of upside and I I do think that he could be an everyday NHLer. I just really have that feeling that he might be stuck as a a career third-liner kind of guy, kind of like the guy that we acquired in in Sharon Govich, and he's another interesting one because I've been watching a lot of clips on him too. And if you just take five minutes and go on YouTube, search up uh, every goal scored as a devil for Sharon Govich, A lot of it is in front of the net stuff. He's deflecting pucks. He's banging in rebounds. But when you go and look at his draft highlights when he was back over in the K, and even when he was down in the AHL uh, in the Devils system, he was a lot more of a transition guy, a guy that would pick up the puck, he'd fly through the neutral zone, and he liked to shoot off the rush is what I noticed the most. So I don't know if that's something there within the Devils system where they wanted him being like the net front presence. That's where they wanted him and thought he would excel. But in his junior days and over in the K and in the AHL, he was never one of those guys, really. He was one of the top dogs. He'd get the PP1 minutes. He'd be carrying the puck up the ice. He'd be distributing. He'd be finishing. So carrying on with that, I think if the Flames, because what I've seen on our depth chart or, like, the line projections so far is that Sharon, Govic is going to be slotted in with Huberto and Lindholm on the first line, right? And I really think that we could see success there. If you can install that confidence back into him from those KHL days, the AHL days, and just have him be a guy that, like, you know, we want you as an offensive playmaker. That's what you were before you got in the NHL. We're going to take away all that stuff from New Jersey. Like, it obviously wasn't the best start for him there. He didn't excel as well as he was supposed to. But if you give him that chance to play with good players and make him one of your top (laughs) weapons on the team, I think you could really see a lot of upside in Sharon Govich's game. And he's only 24 years old.
1: Again, like your point, I don't blame Conroy for anything that's gone on this summer because Brad put him in a terrible spot. I just think adding to that point for Sharon Govich, transitionally, his analytics were still pretty high from what I saw, even last year. Last year, he did not have... I guess the Devils sort of expected him to follow up on that 46-point season, scored over 20 goals, had 46 points. He's close to 50. Let's see what happens. And instead of building on that, he kind of regressed a little more and was a healthy scratch in the playoffs. With him, if they do decide, hey, look, you're going to be next to Huberto and Lindholm, his shot, his release, when he's coming in off the rush, whenever he rips that thing, his shot is insane. He has one of the nicest wristers I think I've seen in the
0: NHL. I I think you could see him score a lot of goals. Yeah, if he's playing on Huberto's flank, right? Like say Huberto carries that puck across the blue line and finds the seam pass to Sharon Govich with coming in with steam towards the net. He can beat the goaltender pretty consistently. Like he's he's got a lot of upside, but it's just it's confidence issues with him for sure. And, and just the way he's been treated in the NHL. And it's going to be one of those ones where if they figure it out, it could be a home run. People are always like, what are your expectations
1: heading into the year? And I'm like, I don't know. There are so many factors and so many things that have to go right for us to have success. Huberto has to bounce back. That's a given. Caudry has to bounce back. You know, I don't think that where he plateaued at the second half of the year Is what he's capable of because we saw him go off in the first half. Do you have wild cards? Matt Cornado, what is he? I don't know. You'll find out. Igor Sharon Gorgich, what is he? I don't know. You'll find out. Can Manjapani score 25 to 30? I don't know. You'll find out. Is Dubé going to score over 20 goals again? I don't know. You'll find out, right? Dustin
0: Wolf, is he going to come in and be stellar? Right now we've got three goalies. How is Shillington going to look when he comes back? There's just so many question marks around this team. Like, like so many that it's. there's absolutely no way you could predict what is going to happen with this Flames team this year. Dude, I, I don't, like, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> one of the most bizarre situations I've ever seen. Because, like, right now, you look at the depth chart, right?
1: You've got Huberto, Lindholm, Sharon Govic, Dubé, Kadri, Coronado. This is from Daily Faceoff, by the way. Manjapani, Backlund, Coleman, and then Pelke, Ruzichka, and Dewar. Is Lindholm even going to be on the team past December? Is Backlund even going to be on the roster after the deadline? Coleman is what he is. He's the one guy that I'm not <laughs> expecting any change in his game on the whole yeah. roster.
0: Yeah, you know he's going to have like 15 to 20 goals and be our best penalty killer. And that's just him. We know that one for sure. Exactly. Peltier,
1: what's Ruzicka looking like? Ruzicka's looking faster. I actually saw a video on Twitter uh, of his he was doing like drills and stuff. There's an extra pep in his step. His skating is looking a lot better. He looks quicker. I want things to work out because there's good people involved. I like Conroy. I like Huska, right? I want to root for these new guys that are coming in like Igor and Matt Coronado to me are like our two dark horses because I think if both of them step in and have good years, let's say hypothetically, Igor and Matt could both score 20 goals. You're getting 40 goals out of those two guys. It's like you didn't lose to Foley because you're also adding a speed with Igor and Coronado, which you didn't have with to Foley. Yeah, absolutely. We can't even rate this group 10 games into the year. No. We're going to have to see them, I would say, a sample size of at least 25 games to be like, what is this team?
0: Let me, let me ask you this, um, just because I kind of took a step back and I wasn't really reading into much. Um, what is the fan response like? And I'm going to question like, a, bring this into another question too. What is the fan reaction and the fan, I guess, mood around Sharon Govich? Just because I haven't seen a lot. I feel like anyone who's dialed into the team
1: isn't overly excited, but but they're also not down on the guy like it's almost like let's see what he is right I feel like that's what it's like with the whole team well what are they I'm not gonna sit and act like we're gonna suck and bottom out because that's unrealistic too what are we just be good enough to make the playoffs and if we make the playoffs then what comes after that that's
0: where I bring this into Lindholm what what are your thoughts more I kind of want your thoughts more on the Lindholm contract situation as well Do you think that we should re-sign Lindholm here? Because you know he's only staying if we give him eight years and an absolute bag to go along with it. I'm just going to preface this by
1: I love Elias Lindholm. We're not even having this conversation of Lindholm being this important to the group. If our pipeline coming in had guys that could come and fill that void, I would not give him eight years,
0: and that's what he would want. Yeah, and that's, I think that's the only way that he would stay in Calgary because then if you look at it that way, you got Huberto, Cadre, Lindholm all tied up here until they're, what, 37, 38, 39, making buttloads of money. And we all know that that is a recipe for disaster, especially in the hockey, in the hockey community. You're not going to win cups with money tied up into old veterans. We have
1: a team in our division who did that and it's not hard to take a look at their situation and say, that could be us if we do this. You know, Austin Matthews, right? That contract, 13.25 times four, right? Lindholm was willing to take a four-year deal, which he won't. We know that. If he was willing to take – any sort of being like, hey, Austin Matthews just signed this, right? We're going to kind of copy that format. I would not mind overpaying him a bit for four years because you're still technically staying true to the organizational philosophy of we have to be competitive every freaking year. We can't take a step back. And you're also not hindering the team like people with all this like noise around Lindholm like people are forgetting Lindholm is still a good player people are just hating on him because they don't want to pay him I, I get it I, I I I get it I do I don't want to give him eight years literally yesterday Elliot Friedman on 32 thoughts he said that talks have actually been quiet Flames and Lindholm David Pagnotta was out here reporting stuff on NHL network two weeks ago being like you know the dollar figures and the eight point two. Okay, but who else is saying this?
0: Friedman is saying things have been quiet, and you're giving out numbers. So there's uh, always that back and forth, though, right? Like we've seen that a lot, where one person comes out and reports on something, and then a couple days later, the rest of the news outlets all get a hold of it, and it's not even close to true at all. You it, just never know. And like Lindholm, arguably one of the top five two-way forwards in the league. Like, the guy is very solid in both ends. Um, Definitely deserves a big paycheck, but is Calgary the place for him to get that paycheck? And it sucks because I love Lindholm. Like, got jerseys. Yeah, He's been one of my favorite guys since he came here. Still my favorite Flames trade of all time. Like...
1: If, okay, prediction, does he sign? No. No? I'm leaning towards yes, because I'm scared. I think we're going to overpay him to stay here out of panic. That's my prediction. They're, they're looking at what they have coming up, and they're like, Connor Zaire is unproven. Samuel Hansek is still a few years away. Uh, Ruzichka is, uh, you know, bottom six center Backlund is no longer gonna be on the team. Uh, Kadri is a top six guy, but he's gonna keep, you know, regressing. regressing year by year. Uh, uh, we don't have any options, Elias. Will you take this money? And Elias is like, no, see, this is what I pictured the negotiations being like all summer, even if they were minimalistic, according to Friedman. Hey, Elias, so uh, what are you looking at for price point? Uh, nine mil. Oh, uh, we were thinking like 7.5. Yeah, no, nine over eight, by the way, eight years. Oh, we were, we were thinking like five or so. That's not going to work for me. Okay. Uh, we gave into your demands. Here's nine by eight. What do you say? Uh, I don't know yet. What? We we just listened to everything that you want. I don't know yet. Just give me a bit. Uh, Okay. Two days later. What about now? Yeah. What about now? Uh, guys, I I don't know. I need, to, I need to measure the temperature of the team. What does that mean? You're getting $72 million rumored offered to you on a silver platter, whether the temperature is hot or cold, $72 million. And you're having a hard time with that? That's your answer right there. I don't know why this has gone on for as long as it has. And the fact that it's gone on for as long as it has leads me to believe that
0: we're signing him. Yeah. And yeah, that's fair. Um, I don't know. I just, after taking my step back and just looking at things, I think eventually I know as much as Murray Edwards doesn't want it to freaking happen, it's, it's going to head for that rebuild stage. And it has to, we can't keep doing another 10, 20 years of just a scraping by crap because we're never going to win a cup. If you do something like that. And I just think it's better that we take a step back, focus on a new core, try and build something here in Calgary. Stop buying it. Build something.
1: What if Conroy has been galaxy-braining this this whole time and was like, I know none of these guys want to stay here, but the market out there right now is awful for every single one of these guys that we could be getting value out of. And I can't rush into these deals because the literal health of the franchise hangs in the balance of whether of what they're going to get for Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin.
0: Yeah, if- Hannafin's, Hannafin's another big one, right? And I feel like that's something that a lot of people haven't been talking about as well. I know I listened to the podcast that you and Michael uh, did, and you guys talked about it a little bit. But yeah, he straight up told the team that like he's done here. Like, I am done. And yet it's just been absolute radio silence
1: since then. So then what does that tell you about the market? Like if Toffoli, who had a career year, went for Sharon Govich in a third, right? That's a very good point, actually. I hadn't thought it like that. What's Hannafin's market value right now in order for him to still be on our roster after he's already told the team...
0: About his intentions. Yeah, Conroy is just hanging on until like the trade deadline or something when teams are willing to pay a little bit more, right? Like for that playoff push. And
1: that's where you see those payments. Like you see those payments at the deadline. But then, okay, let's say he's holding on until the deadline. What if we're in a playoff spot? What do you do? Is Murray going to let him trade the guys he wants to trade if we're in a playoff spot? Probably not.
0: Probably not, but then you you take a look at Nashville last year. Yeah, were they not in a playoff spot at the deadline, or pretty damn close, and yet they still sold, and they still sold. They did, but it it all comes down to ownership at that point, where Murray says no, and then you have Anafen walk for nothing, Lindholm walk for nothing. Like it's it's a really scary year to be a Flames fan. This is this is terrifying. It's terrifying for a first year GM in Conroy.
1: What what is the market telling you? the market is that bad, then I'm glad he held on to these guys. This whole thing terrifies me so much to the point where I'm scared if we're bad and I'm scared if we're good. Because if we're good, what happens to the future look of this group? Do you offer all of them contracts and be like, we're going to run it back while you guys make higher dollar valuations and we're going to keep teeter-totting every year? Or do you finally say, yeah, no, we suck. This isn't it. All these guys, most of them are out. Shillington, you can
0: stay. We love you. But other than that, all of y'all are out. That's that's kind of the point I was getting at when I, when I stepped away from just being so involved in the Flames this summer, is because either way, we lose. Either way, the Flames lose, and you really set yourself up just for failure. Like, no matter if you're good, sure, you're good, and if so some miracle happens and we win the freaking Stanley cup this year, then great. I'm, I'm wrong. I'll own that one. The Happiest guy love, in the world. I would love
1: to be wrong about any negative take I have about this team. Yeah. Like, and they're, they're very rare coming from me. People who listen to this show know that I'm predominantly optimistic for a fan in the Calgary market. Like everyone looks at me, they're like, are you Okay. I'm like i don't know maybe maybe not i i can't tell you uh it, it, <laughs> I, I don't know i just don't know how to feel all right let's see what let's see what we have here
0: it, it's it's anxiety it's, it's a, that's all it is like testing a hypothesis
1: yeah this in this group this year
0: it legitimately feels like a science experiment And it it is so hard to talk about right now, for sure. Like, just because, like, you need to see where the market is, right? You need to see how these guys gel. Like, who's going to come to training camp and be prepared? How many guys after last year were just like, screw this. I'm going to go party all summer, not even think about hockey, and then show up at camp just completely out of shape, right? Like, I'll definitely be keeping my eyes on those testing times, all that, all the Mm -hmm. fitness testing, see who's really in shape because one guy that always wins that shit is Dubey. Dubey is always right there. Yep. So, so, you like oh man, I can't even like it's so hard to talk about because we just don't know.
1: Honestly, I think it's it's not as much as, you know, attacking Conroy. It's almost like we're feeling bad for him because he genuinely cares about the market and he's stepping in to try to fix a mess. A literal mess that could predominantly affect the overall health of the franchise over the course of the next decade. So I guess we could talk about a little bit, the daily face-off projection. If the fourth line, which according to them, is looking like Peltier, Ruzicka, and Newer, A, I would kind of want Peltier in the top six next to Kadri and Coronado. But at the same time, I also understand why Dubé would be there. Like he was there all last season. I can't imagine him... Sticking there, I feel like he's going to go up and down. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, predominantly, I would want Peltier in that top six. But assuming that Peltier, Ruzicka, and Dewar start the year off at least as the fourth line, does that not give you heavy Manjapani, Ryan, Hathaway vibes? Absolutely, it does. Yeah.
0: like that would, That's the I best first line we've had the last five years. Hathaway and Dewar are very comparable. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think Doer's a little faster than Hathaway is. That's about all. But, um, and I don't know, would you not see Pelche with Huberto just with that chemistry that they were building to the end of last year? Like, it should, you can't, like, it's unbelievable. You just don't know where anybody's going to be. And yes, Dubé's slotted in in the top six right now. But that's just because he has NHL experience, right? He's got years in the league. He's been with this team a long time. He knows the systems. He knows how we play. That yeah. makes sense. But he is one of those guys who's going to hop up and down the lineup as he did last year. Exactly. So, like, yeah, it's just, it's so interesting. And the unknown is just, it. like, it's unbearable. Our goaltending can't be as bad as it was last year. That's, that's for sure.
1: Can you believe we've had seven months without an NFL game? Crazy, right? Well, good thing that's over. The NFL is here in DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't-miss offer for week one. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just five bucks on any NFL game. DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Check the app to see what you get. Download now and use the code THPN to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting five bucks. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, you must be 21 years of age or older, and it varies by jurisdiction. Offers voided in Ontario. Cdkng.co/slash/football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Manjupani, Backlund, and Coleman as a trio—we know how good they are. That line is the one one area of this team where I don't have a single question mark. We've added three players this summer, aside from the kids we selected in the draft. Yegor Sharagovic, Jordan Osterly, and Brady Lyle. So, Hannafin has to get dealt before opening night, right? Why is Dennis Gilbert not a good enough option for your third pair? What did
0: he show you last year that you were like, I don't know about this guy? He he brought a lot of energy to the team, too. He was fighting almost every time he was in the lineup, right? Like, oh, those are the guys that you want to see that's going to get your team behind you and revved up. But yeah, I I, I don't know. I don't... I don't think Hannafin ever wants to put on a Flames jersey again. Um, so you would, you would think that he'd be gone by opening night, but who knows? Maybe he's here until the deadline. If you trade Hannafin for
1: anything less than what you gave up for Travis Hamanick six years ago, you failed. That's that's where I'm at with it. If yep. you give up Hannafin for anything less than a first and two seconds in value, that's a fail. I think internally we sort of underrate him because we've watched him too much and externally he's overrated. And I think the preseason is going to be fascinating. Me personally, just seeing everything play out and if we make any moves and
0: who's playing with who. Uh, Yeah. I think the line combos will be really interesting in the, in the preseason. Yeah, man, it's going to be an interesting year.
1: I mean, we'll have a more cohesive and direct sort of season preview after the preseason when lines are
0: basically sort of set. We have an idea of what the group is looking like. Yeah, this was kind of just like a three or four month thought catch up because we really haven't talked about the Flames at all. So this was just kind of a the inside of our brains over the last three or four months. Did you see Lindholm's quote from the
1: media outlet in Sweden? I I did, yeah. So he was saying, I'm willing to stay. My agent in Calgary will handle most of it. There's a lot we have to agree on, but I've said that I can consider staying. After that, it's up to the agent and Calgary to sort out the rest. Then we'll see whether it works out or not. I have one year left, but if things don't go as I planned, then I'll become a free agent. Nothing strange about that. We'll see what happens. Please don't become a free agent. Please just tell the team. Finally, when you get here, what your actual intentions are, if talks were minimal, according to Friedman, and... Do not pull a Johnny, please. Dude, there has to be an internal deadline set. There has to. Like, I wouldn't mind if Tanev or Backlund walked for nothing. Those guys are in their mid-30s. I wouldn't mind that from from a logistical point of view. But not maximizing value on a guy like Lindholm, not maximizing value on a guy like Hannafin, Dude. On on your younger star players, yeah. That at that point, that's when it gets scary. Captain, who do you think is going to be named captain? That's how we'll end this. Hmm, because Rasmus Anderson was uh with Friedman and Merrick the other day, and you know, Uyghur has also been making the rounds along the media group here, yeah. So, asking the exact same question, everyone's saying, I'd I'd, be, I'd love to be the
0: captain, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, I'm gonna go three. I have to go three, just because, okay. because just because I have to leave Backlund in there. Backlund has to be a part of it. Just obviously, the history of a flame spent his whole career here, the longest tenured flame. Um, he's definitely one, and my other two are gonna be Weeger and Anderson. They're they're both. Uh, I might even lean to Anderson over Weger just because he has been here longer. Um, but uh, I don't know. You got Weger here long. I don't know man. Like it's That's so hard. Sad. I think the part that throws
1: me off also <laughs> is listening to Anderson talk to Friedman. He was saying that like that the team deep down knew Backlund was the captain and Backlund knew he was the captain. He just didn't have the C. I agree with you. Those are my three candidates as well the criteria for a captain in my view you have to be one of the top players in the team he has to be a marketable name around the league he has to be able to be good in the community do charity work all that sort of thing he has to be signed he can't just be on a one-year deal uh so yeah based off that criteria I would say Rasmus Anderson, he's in that sweet spot in regards to age. Him and Ryan Huska have a large history together. Rasmus Anderson wouldn't be in the NHL if it wasn't for Ryan Huska. You have that sort of connection between a captain and a coach, potential captain and a coach. That would sort of lead me to believe that Anderson is the best option. My argument for why Weger would be the best option, he signed for the next eight years. He's competitive as hell. He's got some edge to him, which Anderson does as well. But Anderson is more of a chirpier edge, I would Mm -hmm. say. Murray Edwards literally called Uyghur after they got the new building and was like, Mackenzie, thanks for the new arena. When your owner has the guy on speed dial, that's a little weird to me. I've never. (laughs) So, by by account of the owner liking Mackenzie Uyghur, He's already an option, right? Yeah. Top two defensemen on the team, if not the best defenseman on the team, in my opinion. Obviously, we didn't see his full potential last year. I think we can see it this year. He's already got charity work going. He's already doing that sort of thing. I think he's a fan favorite. Overall, if you're named Weaver captain, that would go across the fan base as more of a universally loved decision more than Anderson, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Because I do feel like a lot of fans think that Anderson isn't captain material. I would argue that he is, but from conversations that I've had with people, I get the sense that they would be more into Uyghur having the see over Rasmus. And then you have Backlund, who's been here since we were literally children. And... The only thing I think that's holding Backlund back from being given the C is
0: his contract status. And I think the amount of uncertainty he's left the team with. Obviously, like this guy, if it wasn't for Geo, he should have been captain years ago, right? Like, But I think ultimately when it comes to it, you need to go into next year with a captain. You kind of saw the divide that it created last year. Um, without having one between the coach and management and players, everybody was kind of yeah. on their own side, right? And there was definitely that clash. So, yeah, I, I would have to agree with you on Uyghur as probably being the best option. Um, and just really like making this team his and giving him a shot to, to kind of fill those shoes of Gio. It's hard. I
1: obviously I feel like the default choice is backwards, but external circumstances are making that difficult. I miss the days when we just went through the reins of okay, Iggy Geo Kachuk. It was right there. It was, it was there. simple. It was right there. It was simple. You ask any Flames fan who they think the captain
0: should be, everyone's giving you a different answer. This is going to be a wild year. Yeah, but we're going to get our thoughts figured out and and get them in line and uh, maybe try to, you know, make it organized a little bit and get this under control. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah,
1: Noah's back. You don't have to worry about me caring for the next five months. Yeah, I guess thank you for listening. If you guys like this video hit the like button <laughs> and the subscribe button comment down below what your expectations are for this season because if you can get a gauge on what's going on this year,
0: all the power to you. Cause I have zero clue. Yeah. And, and uh, who you think the next flames captain is going to be? Cause I would love to hear your thoughts as well and leave a reason why. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody.